This is a Podcast 225 production. Welcome to the Clay Young Show. It is the 95th edition of the Clay Young Show right here on Podcast 225.com, iTunes, and you can get it as well at the Talk 107.3 mobile app, Podcast 225, now also featuring the Waiting Room Podcast with Dr. Mary Catherine Rodrigue and soon-to-be Dr. Katie Fetzer. And you can uh, check out their episode two right now here at Podcast225.com. In fact, on episode number two, they're speaking with... Anthony Ryan Ald of Project Runway, and they're talking about the link between interior design and mental health. It is a really good show, and you can hear that right now, episode two of The Waiting Room here at podcast225.com. Our guest for today is the man responsible for overseeing elections in the great state of Louisiana. He is Secretary of State Tom Shedler. And, you know, this is interesting. He breaks news really in the first three minutes of our interview. We've already had the discussion and you will hear it. He'll talk about turnout. He's going to talk about voter IDs at the polls. Also, overall voter turnout expectation. Uh, the international reaction to the presidential election, and the rise of the no-party voter. Interesting part of the discussion. And he also talks about what happens if you run into problems in the voting booth. So a lot of great information in this week's show. And I hope you guys enjoy it. As always, we tell people to hit the subscribe button. You can catch the show every week or whenever there is a new edition of The Clay Young Show just by subscribing at iTunes. It'll pop into your podcast app. If you're a non-Apple user, you can just go to the website and see when there is a new show. And we always appreciate the feedback. Leave us a star rating on iTunes if you don't mind. And you can also write a review there as well. You can reach me directly here uh, the web, my email address is clay at podcast225.com. And of course, you can follow me on Twitter at ClayYoungBR or on Facebook backslash ClayYoung. All right, we'll take a quick break and come back with Louisiana Secretary of State Tom Shedler here on The Clay Young Show. Promote your business or organization on podcast225.com. Podcast225.com is quickly becoming a weekly tradition for Louisiana listeners. Every month, thousands hear the weekly Clay Young Show. Every week, Clay sits with some of the state's most fascinating and entertaining people. Posting your company's logo on the podcast225.com website or having a professionally produced commercial air on The Clay Young Show is a great way to access a loyal and informed audience. Get more information by calling 225-214-1550. That's 225-214-1550. Clay Young here with Brian Lowe and Brian Lowe Financial. You can check him out online at brianlowefinancial.com. What do people value most when they're talking about money, Brian? Yeah, you know, ask yourself the question. You're driving around right now. Take a moment, cut everything out. Here's the question. What do you value most with your money? I'll be very frank with you. Most people that I work with that are 60 and wiser rank safety first. Yeah. When you have safety with your money, it'll give you some comfort. My question to you is what you're doing today with your current plan and your 401k, does it give you comfort? If you said no, you need to give me a call. I will give you some comfort to know when you can retire. 
The last thing is a true income plan. Do you have a true written down income plan? If you said no, you need to pick up this phone, take my class next week. It's three weeks, one night a week. I'll give you a free textbook. I'll give you a free personal plan. It's a thousand hour value just for the information. Give me a call today. We'll get you in class. Learn more about Brian and his team and register for his class. Check him out at brianlowfinancial.com. Welcome back to the Clay Young Show. He is the Secretary of State for Louisiana. He does a lot here in the state. The Secretary of State's office is about more than elections, but right now is election season. As of this week, early voting has begun. Tom Shedler is the man who will oversee it all. Mr. Secretary, how are you, bud? I'm doing fine, Clay, and glad to be back with you, and thanks for the opportunity to be with you. I think... This may be the most trying election season since just after Katrina. And then, of course, in 2008, when we had Gustav here, uh, what's your what's your reflection on this year with all we've been through in the capital region? Well, you, you're absolutely correct. And, um, you know, the good the, the good news is we uh, the bad news is we have experience. The good news is we have experience. I mean, so. I've got a great staff that that has been through this type of crisis before, and um, we've got it down pat, and and early results from after one day of early voting, people seem to be pleased with the way we handled it. And, uh, you know, as you know, we had uh, uh, 65 precincts that that were affected, some 65,000 registered voters. Uh, We noticed those individuals. We changed precinct locations uh, in the three parishes of Ascension, Livingston, and East Baton Rouge. Uh, In the most affected parish being Livingston, we actually moved and moved to a super precinct at Jubin Crossing uh, for easy access of voter and parking and the like. So all seems to be well, and we had a, uh, you know, off-air just now, uh, Clay, uh, I'm trying to double-check numbers uh, and, and I'll go ahead and spill this out because they keep telling me that they correct. But wow. uh, I'm trip, I got them triple checking it, so I'll caveat <laughs> my comment with that. In 2012, with around a 69% voter turnout in President Obama's second term, uh, we voted on first day about 42,000. The numbers we're showing are 87,000. Unbelievable. It's, I, 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 like I said, I've had them check it twice, and I'm having them check it the third time because I, I, I witnessed it. I had the reports from around the state, but still, that number just seems, uh, I said, you sure you're not double counting or doing something or not carrying a zero over or something? <laughs> they're in the, as we speak, they're double checking it again, but that's the, the numbers that we're showing, which is absolutely incredible. To what do you attribute that kind of spike, doubling what we did four years ago? What do you attribute that to? Uh, you know, I, I, I just I, I think it cuts to just what we're seeing across the country of anger of voter, just frustration, just um, just mad at the world on both sides, and and I I, I just. That's the only thing I can attribute it to. Um, and, and then uh, there were times in this cycle that I thought that the vote may be depressed, that people were getting so fed up with it that they were just going to stay home, because we certainly all heard that. I'm not going to vote for either candidate, uh, or I'm going to vote for a third-party candidate. So I, I, I have fluctuated 
on my opinion of this all across the board, but if those numbers hold, or even even if they're 15,000 off, that's still incredible for the first day. And um, uh, and and I when I drove in here this morning, it is absolutely stand in line at archives again today. And that, when we're getting the same reports all over the state again today. I think this election, the, the most surprising thing about that is with everything that's going on across the state, everything Louisiana has been through, specifically the, the capital city region, and people haven't been thinking about elections top of mind because so many people are putting their lives back together. The fact that that turnout is that great is a testament to everything you just said. Now, here's a question. Is that kind of a Louisiana thing, or do you think that's probably the way it is around the country where places are having early voting? Clay, uh, from what I've been able to pick up, you know, I just finished a year term as the national president, and uh, so I've been in touch with some of my colleagues across the country. And uh, as an example, I spoke to uh, uh, my colleague in Massachusetts yesterday, on something, and he uh, he said it's equally brisk there. So reports are through the National Association that heavy turnout in all the states. Most, you know, some started earlier, but most of them started on Monday morning. But certainly this week is hot and heavy across the country. So early reports are extremely brisk all over the country in urban areas, suburban areas, and the like. So uh, I don't know. Everybody button down their chin straps because uh, th- this could be a wild one. You know, when we spoke last year around the statewide elections, you talked about evolving the technology and really beginning the process of transforming the way that we are able to vote. What are some of the new things that people are going to experience when they go to the polls this year? Well, not not a substantial thing this year uh, for this election because we even though we would have loved to have implemented some of this, uh, we were a little fearful with a presidential election of testing some things out. But after the first of the year, we will go out on an RFP for some of those technology changes that you and I spoke about on last visit. And to refresh everybody's mind, you know, it's something as simple or or in size uh, as an iPad uh, on a stand, and it's, it's all in the programming. And, and, you know, I want to just tell everybody out there, because there was a lot of rhetoric this term about the Russians uh, in the cyber attack mode for the election. That is absolutely impossible across the country. And a lot of my colleagues, I testified in Washington uh, twice uh, on that note, no state votes in cyberspace on the Internet. None. Right. Um, so it's impossible to hack something in cyberspace that's not in cyberspace. What what occurred was the Democratic National Convention was apparently hacked and purportedly or allegedly by the Russians, but it was nothing more than their donor list and or what we call here in Louisiana in most states the commercial list. You know, a, a candidate can buy a list of registered voters who, based on frequency of voting so they can minimize or maximize their expenditures uh, for walk list or mailing list. And it's very limited data that you could probably get, well, not probably, you get more information on somebody just Googling their name than you could get from this. Name, address, party affiliation, frequency of voting. There's another list, of course, that we maintain that is much more confidential with mother's maiden name, birthday, social security number. Right. But 
but that's a separate list and a protected list. What apparently occurred in Illinois and Arizona was that in Illinois, a disgruntled employee purportedly gave the PIN and code number to someone. It was hacked. It was detected immediately. There were no additions or deletions to the list, and and that was the Illinois story. In Arizona, apparently someone hacked for just data mining purposes. Again, no additions, no deletions. It was detected immediately. In Louisiana and in most states, if Clay Young went online to change his address, his party affiliation, whatever it may be, Uh you may think you're going into the whole database. You're not. You're in a silo box by yourself. Someone on the other side, an employee of mine, takes your information and disseminates it to the registered voter and puts you on either the commercial list, if it's just a simple address change, or if it's something more pertinent than that, we would put it to the, to the protected side. So if someone was hacking at that moment, the only information they would pick up is Clay Young. They would not get into the database. Most states have that firewall. We do, and that's why I had least concern about it. But you, you got to look at it in those three lights. Commercial list, readily accessible. I'll sell you the list, give you the list. Not a lot of information. That's what was hacked at DNC. The registration list, which is certainly something we wouldn't want in, but that's what occurred in those two states, and those are, those are the explanations. And then election day, which is not on the Internet, so you're talking about affecting going into each machine with some fraudulent activity. And in Louisiana, with 10,000 machines, 64 warehouses across the state on the lock and key and camera, to give someone access to go in and affect, they have to go into all 10,000 machines to try to affect it. It's patently, I'm never going to say impossible, but you'd have to have so many people to commit this fraud. It'd be easier just to go out and motivate them to go vote to change the outcome of the election. You know, one of the things that pops up every cycle is the discussion about having an ID when you go vote. And as long as I've been voting here, I've had to show my driver's license. And uh, it's never really been an issue. But what about that? Speak to that again. I don't feel that it's an intimidation tactic. I, you know, I'm not. I don't. I'm not trying to pull you into a political debate. It's certainly no, no, no. I don't mind. I've I've been highly defensible of it. I'm I'm very much a believer in it. Louisiana was the second or third state to do that in 1997, long before it became a sexy subject. But you know, we have what we call, and we have U.S. Justice Department approval for that process here in Louisiana. That's why you've never seen it really ever challenged. And to be quite honest with you, Louisianians uh, across the political spectrum really don't have a big issue with it. I mean, of course, you've got some people that have an issue with it, but the lion's share is on, on as you approach presidential elections, you get a lot of out-of-state uh, uh, groups that come in here and make issues with all that. Louisianians itself don't really have an issue with it, with some exceptions, obviously. But we have what we call the affidavit process. So if, if Tom Shedler dropped his wallet off the bow of the boat fishing the day before election and lost his wallet, he would go to his precinct. He would identify who he is. They'd see him on the voting roll. I would then go to the next step, and they would give me a piece of paper to sign an affidavit that would attest to my mother's maiden name, my, my Social Security number, and my birthday. So I'd sign that, and I would get to vote. 
some of the states that were challenged, like Texas, North Carolina, and the like, that same scenario, they wouldn't let you vote. Well, that's where you get into disenfranchisement. So we allow you to vote. We then, with the process, just like the mail ballots, we audit those. And if all that information checks out, everything's fine. We have had very little, if any, uh, bad faith on that over the years. We do audit that. And, you know, it works. And in, in a 70% election last time, we had, I think, 2,300 ballots statewide uh, for a 70% voter. So it's not something heavily utilized. People honor the system. And, and it's just like I tell everybody, I, I don't know what happens in other states uh, during this cycle, but Louisianians, what I exhibited yesterday in my walk around on several sites, is they're friendly, they're there. They may be voting differently, but they're talking to one another. Uh, the, the lines are orderly. We don't have a lot of disruption. I think that's an attestment to Louisianians. I agree. I actually have never experienced any kind of foolishness in going to vote. And, and I enjoy voting. I enjoy the process. It, it never really is that bad. It's probably the only thing I do, Tom, where I don't mind standing in a line. Otherwise, I hate to be in lines. Uh, no, I agree. And, you know, and people, you know, our, our wait is about, you know, yesterday and typically on a big election is about 15, 20 minutes. We, we use the, the Walt Disney World theory of keep the line moving. <laughs> That's right. Um, and people are, are, are happy if they're not just standing still. So the other thing is uh, the turnout. We always debate what the turnout's going to be you know, when an election cycle comes around. Lots of parts of the state don't have local elections. They're participating in the U.S. Senate race, obviously. But here in the Baton Rouge area, we've got the citywide, parishwide elections. Overall, what do you think the turnout's going to be this year? Well, um, tra- traditionally, I'll, I'll, I'll revert back to, to 08 and 12. We were around 67, uh, 69. We 67 point something in 08 and right at, right at 69, 68.8, I think, in 12. I mean, based on just one day, I've got to believe we're going to be in those mid-60s, uh, maybe break that, that, that 70% mark, but I'm going to say probably more like around 65%, 64%. Uh, which will be a good turnout, could be better, but I'm I'm going to go out and step out and say that at this point, and then I'll be able to give you a little bit better uh, estimate as we conclude early voting uh, on November 1st. I think that, that the energy is starting to pick up steam now for the election cycle, and a lot of that's been driven by the national election, the presidential election. Have you ever seen a presidential election like this before? Uh, I have never seen one like this, nor do I ever want to see one like this again. Amen uh, to that. I, I just think it, it has been on all quarters from both sides, just a uh, despicable race. Uh, I, I would just got back recently from an overseas trip, and another person in my office went in another direction. It is the topic of people in other countries they shaking their head at what has happened to the united states have never seen anything like this it's it's an embarrassment quite frankly 
And I, I just don't understand it. And the, the, the level of vitriol and name calling and you got two candidates calling each other, each other puppets in the final presidential debate. And you're just thinking with all of the things that we've got to deal with, all of the problems you got to deal with, the fact that now uh, the Affordable Care Act is going to see premiums go up next year and all of all that means we rarely get to talk about the real issues you know, f- facing us. And I just, uh, I mean, for a presidential election to degrade to this, Tom, it's just, I, I never would have seen this coming. Now, you, you and I both, and you're absolutely right. I mean, we, we literally went through the entire cycle uh, with very little conversation about the real issues in this country. Uh, it, it was almost down to a local race type of pettiness. Right. And that was the comment from people overseas is just, just what has happened. I mean, yeah, you know, on both sides of the, of the of the of the political equation. I mean, and that's what's fueling such a huge, especially from the millennials, of registrations from young individuals not registering Republican or Democrat, but registering non-party affiliation, right. independent. What and, about? And, I, and that's what's fueling it is that they are totally frustrated. Uh, look, us as older voters, I'm frustrated. Right. I'm still stuck in mud with with, with where I am, but. <laughs> right. it, People that are thinking, and I, if I had a nickel for people that say I'm I'm leaving my party as soon as this election's over and going independent, I'd be a wealthy man. I've heard it from both sides, Democrat and Republican. And that's that's kind of been a trend even before now. Uh, you know, I don't know what's what the next four years will look like for the two quote unquote major parties. Because like you said, I hear it too. People are getting the hell out of both parties because they just, they don't like what they are seeing and they don't want to be represented by some of the people who are running for office under those banners. I I, I agree. And and I I don't know. I mean, we're all going to have to hold our breath over these next four years. It's either going to take a tremendous reversion back to some semblance of order are we going to further deteriorate? I, I certainly hope the latter is not true. But, um, you know, I, I mean, greatest country in the world, I mean, it's just, I, I, like I say, I mean, you look at the, both parties, this is the best we could do for candidates. Right. For 330 million people, this is it. Uh, I mean, it, it's you just shake your head in disbelief. You know, after that first debate, I was asking a couple of friends and said, you know, halfway through it, I'm wondering – was this a Saturday Night Live skit? And then, of course, and then, of course, now that's that's all you see with it. Well, listen, you you have always done a great job. Uh, we're, we're proud of the way that y'all go about the business of of voting here. And oh, I know what I wanted to ask. I, I didn't ask this because I've talked to people about it. Now, what is this thing that you're giving people when they come out and vote? Is it the, the blue dog painting? What's that about? Dog sticker. And, and, and Clay, I'll tell you what a raving success. Uh, we, you know, traditionally the clerks of court or the registers, uh, if they wanted to and had the budget, would give a sticker, I voted. And it typically was an American flag background, just I voted. Uh, but we came up with the idea here at Secretary of State and approached the Rodrigue family if they would let us use Blue Dog. And they graciously did so at no cost. And uh, we now have produced uh, some 4 million wow. stickers that we'll use in November and December election. Uh, maybe, hopefully, we'll be able to go further with it, but that's the only permission we have for this election cycle. But if you go vote, uh, you'll get an I voted with a blue dog, 
And it's so tied in with our whole theme of Go Vote, G-E-A-U-X, and the Cajun theme that we market to try to for voter participation. And we now have Blue Dog to show you how successful this has been. I have gotten requests nationally from people and emails. Could I please, would you send me a Blue Dog? I'm willing to pay for it. Wow. We've had, had voted by mail who have called in. Look, I voted by mail. I, if I'd have known I could have got a Blue Dog sticker, I would have voted in person. So we have never had that kind of reaction uh, before. And so we are really grateful to the Roderick family, uh, uh, George's uh, wife, Wendy, and the two sons, Andre and Jacques, who graciously let us do this. They have been just great partners with us. And, of course, they looked at it as a way to promote their Blue Dog, but uh, it was a great marriage of government and, and business for for a great uh, civic purpose, and we hope that it had generates to some degree voter participation and turnout. Well, I'm looking forward to getting mine. It's it's always you know one of those things going through, and it's so funny when I <laughs> when I go to my precinct to vote. Uh, it's you know because I remember everybody. Some of the same people are there every cycle. And it's just it's it's really one of those things that makes you proud to be an American. And I think sometimes we take for granted the fact that we get to do this and that it is such an individual right that we have. And that's why I I always think it's so amazing that people just blow through elections and don't go vote. Well, I know. But hopefully if these numbers are correct, we're we're certainly blowing that theory out of the water to this cycle. So I just urge people to go vote G.E.A.U.X. Um, if you have a problem at the precinct, uh, we didn't get into that subject, but yeah, there's a lot of rhetoric about out there about, about you know, machine this yeah. and all. If you have a problem while you're in the booth and you don't think your vote's being recorded correctly, please don't leave the precinct. Let the commissioner see if there's a problem or assist you. The time to do it is not two weeks later or after you voted. I can't do anything about that. And you have both parties urging people to call up their secretary of state and tell them that the machines are not working. We are dealing with issues we've never dealt with before in this election. But these machines are sound. They work. They're the same machines you've always been voting on. George Soros does not own the machines in Louisiana. That's the other craziness <laughs> out there right now. Just totally bananas. We own all of our own machines. We, our employees, only work on our machines. And and just stop reading all these blogs and all this craziness that's out there and, and just go exercise your right as a true Louisianian. Vote your conscience. I can assure you the process is sound. We deal with it. My job is to make voting easier and practical for people, but to make it real hard to cheat. And, uh, and we take that very seriously. And I also encourage people to download the GoVote app. I'm looking at it right now. I've had it for a little while. It is a great resource that you can carry around on your tablet or your smartphone, and you can get into voter information. You can find out you know, information about the candidates, who's on the ballot, if you're not paying attention to that. And even on election night, you can start seeing some of the results. It is a very useful app to anyone who wants to be informed. It's the GoVote app. It's a free app, so download Downloaded. How about that free plug for you, Tom? I appreciate it. And listen, one other great ancillary benefit of that uh, for folks in the Baton Rouge area, for those 65 precincts that have moved and 65,000 voters, it shows you where your new precinct is and gives you a GPS map straight to that precinct. So 
it has an ancillary great benefit for those 65,000 voters in the Baton Rouge area. Secretary of State Tom Shedler. Tom, I appreciate the time, my friend. Clay, always, and I stood at lunch like we thought. <laughs> That's right. This is Dr. Mary Catherine Roderick, and I'm Katie Fetzer. We're the owners and co-founders of The Wellness Studio, a mental health practice with locations here in Baton Rouge and Covington. We are also your host for The Waiting Room Podcast here on podcast225.com. Our podcast is a journey into the world of mental health. On our show, we're going to discuss some of the various forms of mental health conditions. We're also going to shed light on the various ways our listeners can get a better understanding of how the mind works and why we do what we do. So subscribe today to get The Waiting Room Podcast here on Podcast. 225.com, iTunes, and the Talk 107.3 mobile app. Podcasts have become a great way to get radio on demand. If you've wanted your own podcast, the time to call us is now. This year, Podcast 225 will be launching new shows and yours can be one of them. You won't have to build your own website and you'll be able to use professional broadcast equipment that will make your show sound amazing. If you'd like to know more, call 225-214-1550. That's 225-214-1550. Be a part of the on-demand audio movement today. This is the Clay Young Show on Podcast225.com. Always enjoy talking with Secretary Shedler. He really is a genuine guy. You can hear it in the conversation. He cares about getting the job done right. And it just, you know, you run into these rare electeds who have very important jobs, but doing the job and doing it right is more important than walking around heaping praise on yourself as someone important because you're an elected official. And there there are a few people out there like that. Unfortunately, the opposite is true as well. But Tom Shedler is certainly one of those folks that no matter where you meet him on the streets, he treats everyone with an ample amount of respect and friendliness. And I'm pretty proud that he is our Secretary of State. And those numbers, think about that. 42,000 on the first day of early voting in 2012 and over twice that much four years later. So it's interesting. People are fired up. They're angry. They're frustrated. And we'll see if this trend holds. But I'll tell you, if it does, we're going to know a whole lot about where these elections are going to go early on election night here in Louisiana, specifically the the Louisiana elections, and it'll tell us what the runoff will look like on December 10th as well. So we appreciated Secretary Shedler making time in his busy schedule to be with us. Don't forget, subscribe to podcast225.com. You can get shows like this and The Waiting Room Podcast, and we're working on other shows for more audio on demand. Please spread the word about what we're doing here. Tell folks that we give them information. You not only get jokey guests like, say, a Richard Condon or a Kenny Starmaker Bolin, but we deal with serious subject matters here as well, and it is our pleasure to present quality audio on demand here at podcast225.com. That gets us for this edition of The Clay Young Show. Enjoy the rest of your day wherever you are, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another edition of The Clay Young Show.